This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. And you better make sure you call Westchester the best Chester, not the left Chester. Welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80. And always, always, always remember to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Join the conversation anytime you want. Which quarterback do you trust more in the big game on Sunday involving the Eagles and the Cowboys? Is it Dak Prescott of Dallas or Jalen Hurts of Philadelphia? Let us know at 888-ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. Meanwhile, there's another big game that maybe in any other time that would be on the same line as Philadelphia versus Dallas. But because the Bills are 6-6 six and six, and the Chiefs, even though they're 8-4, and four, there's concern about them, how they don't look right as an 8-4 team. All of a sudden, Harry Douglas, that game has taken a backseat involving two guys and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes that believe we have a lot to play for because we believe when we get into the playoffs, we both are going to be held to deal with. Yeah, a couple things within this matchup. Okay, when I look at Kansas City and I look at those wide receivers, okay, who's going to step up? Rasheed Rice looks like he's going to be that guy, but is he going to be able to continue to do it on a consistent basis, right? But also I would say Sky Moore and all these other guys, at some point, man, they're going to have to come along. Absolutely. They really are. they, They can't continue to be in the shadows and not be not not able to be counted on on a consistent basis. And then when I look at the Buffalo Bills, I'm looking at their defense and I'm saying to myself, okay, are they going to be able to get stops when they need to get stops in the biggest moments? Because when we had uh, Michael Hyde on, right? Absolutely. We had Michael Hyde on. That's one of the questions I asked him about yep. when, it, when it came to the Denver Broncos game. You needed to get a stop. You couldn't get one. When it came to the Philadelphia Eagles game, you needed to get a stop. You could not get one. Right, so so those things have been kind of, you know, the dark cloud over their defensive unit this season, a unit that was able to be counted on previously in previous years, have have kind of let them down as well. And I understand Josh Allen has turned the football over too, and that's a that's a part of a lot of things. Everything mm-hmm. goes hand in hand. Yeah. But right now, I'm just speaking from a defensive perspective mm-hmm. because when I look at the Buffalo Bills and can they make a playoff run and can they move forward, I say to myself, well. The next, I think, four out of five games or four games, they have mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, who's an MVP candidate. Keep going. They have the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. and Dak Prescott, who's an MVP candidate. Mm-hmm. They have the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. and Tua Tagovailoa and, and also Tyreek Hill, who are MVP candidates. Mm-hmm. And when I look at all three of those teams from an offensive standpoint, Kansas City has the number eight ranked offense. Dallas has the number uh, five ranked offense. And the Miami Dolphins have the number one ranked offense. So how is that going to look when you're trying to make a playoff push? Right. Everything you just said leads me to this. This is an elimination game for the Buffalo Bills. Mm. Everything you just said, because after this, home versus Dallas. At the Los Angeles Chargers, we know they can put points on the board. Their coach may get in the way, but they can put points on the board. At the Patriots, that should be a win. But then again, they lost to the Patriots early this year, 29-25. There's no such thing as a certainty, especially the Buffalo Bills are 6-6. Six and six. And then you end the season at the Miami Dolphins, who could potentially be playing for a number one seed and a chance to get a bye week mm-hmm. and two weeks off. That's why I regard this game this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs as an elimination game for the Buffalo Bills. 
You fall to six and seven, you don't know where that season is going to go for your football team. You don't know exactly how many guys may still want to buy in or how many guys will say, we're not making the playoffs anyway. We lost four out of our last five. They may just say, deuces, guy. I'm just going to play for my job and make sure I'm in the NFL next year. This Bills team, we know what kind of talent that they have. We know what kind of quarterback play that we've seen. That has been terrific at times and not so terrific at times when it comes to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Although Mike Greenberg on his radio show and also on Get Up, he said, stop criticizing Josh Allen that way. Last week, I'm off with COVID, right? I'm not yep, here, yep, and I'm yep, getting yep. texts from people, oh, they're killing Josh Allen on your show over the interception <laughs> that he threw in the Philadelphia game. Yep. Let me say something about him. There were 106 players in uniform for that game. Of them, by far, the one who played the best was Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. We focus more on the one bad play Josh Allen makes every week than the 60 that almost no one else in history possibly could. His team would be so bad if they didn't ask him to do absolutely everything. He is the most unfairly judged player in the NFL. And a quick final thought, and I'll give it to you. They're playing the Chiefs this weekend. Yeah. If he had wound up on Kansas City with Andy Reid and those guys, Uh-oh. we'd be talking about him as being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. That doesn't excuse him, though. Absolutely. I'm because yep. when the interception is a play that the Philadelphia Eagles go down and score on. And then, like I brought up on Get Up last week, mm-hmm. when I see Joe Burrow, and when he sees that cover two from the defense and Jamar Chase is lined up at number two, the wide receiver running a, a six, seven-yard out on third and seven, and Joe Burrow is anticipating that whole honey hole shot to Trent Irwin and throws it for a touchdown, why in the hell can't Josh Allen anticipate that? Right? Because that's what it was. Stephon Diggs was lined up to the short side of the field, inside, in the corner Bradbury, didn't pay attention to number one lined up. And he basically anticipated Josh Allen throwing that football to Stephon Diggs, Mm -hmm. and he picked it off. He intercepted it. So why can't Josh Allen anticipate that corner doing the same thing that Joe Burrow anticipated? Because, see, everyone who's a Josh Allen fan, you continuously want us to put him in the same conversation with Patrick Mahomes and and, and Joe Burrow. Well, damn it, he needs to start making the plays like those guys are too then. Because I guarantee you a guy like Josh Allen knows that as well. And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you know exactly what you have in your quarterback. There are not too many places where if you don't have Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow as your quarterback, you're saying, I, would trade, I wouldn't trade my guy. Buffalo's a guy that I wouldn't trade him if you're Josh Allen. I wouldn't want anybody else because he fits what you do. But to your point, all that can be true, that you can have that kind of ability. And in that game versus the Philadelphia Eagles, he was the best player in the field. But his misses are always important misses. The pick when you get the ball and you have a chance to add to your lead – they had the robber situation where they baited you, you throw a pick, and then Gabe Davis breaks clear the defensive back. He goes to the out. You, he goes to the out. You throw the ball to the end. It was a miscommunication. So everybody is going to miss those plays. But it seems that this year, when Josh Allen misses, it has, a, it has an effect, and it leads to either a score for the other team or at times it leads to a win for the other team when he makes those kind of mistakes. So, Fred, let me ask you, last year in the Super Bowl, who was the best player in that Super Bowl last year? Oh, it was Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts had a play that that cost his team the game, right? So we so should we not talk about that play because Jalen Hurts had an amazing game? Well, it's easy to people that don't want to do that, depending on what kind of agenda they want to push. That, like, <laughs> and I'm about, I'm about to bring up another sequence in that game, right? Overtime where the Philadelphia Eagles are playing cover zero. And cover zero, basically, you have no safety help. Right. Everyone that's gotten a receiver a tight end, they're on an island. Right. And they're blitzing the house. They're rolling the dice. The defense is they, they're blitzing yeah. everyone. Right. So 
my experience with an experienced quarterback with Matt Ryan, we would never take our tails on that football field if we were not on the same page against Cover Zero. You want to know why? Wow. Because on Saturday mornings before Sundays when we had our meetings, we had a meeting before the meeting. See, the receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends. And we would go over things like this. Here's what I'm thinking in cover zero, Harry. This is what I'm expecting. This is where I'm going to throw that football. So there's no gray area, no in-between between, you know, Gabe Davis, it should have been, and Josh Allen. As the quarterback, it's your responsibility for y'all to be on the same page. That's, that's your job as the leader, Josh Allen. So we keep wanting to put him in this elite category. Okay, the last two quarterbacks that he lost to in, in the playoffs – the last three years, yeah. y'all know what quarterbacks that was? Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Yeah, two elite guys. But we keep want to give him a pass? Why? Well, 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 number one, he's Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. I don't give him a pass the same way that at times I'm not going to give Patrick Mahomes a pass when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. As much as his wide receivers have not been able to step up, that lack of consistency, even Patrick Mahomes has raised his hand and said, I got to be better for my team. He's not trying to have those kind of fingers pointed away from his body. They're saying, yeah, you got to put us all in the same boat when it comes to that. There are throws that I've missed that are interceptions that I have thrown. He had one against the Green Bay Packers where he throws it out there and the guy makes a great play in the ball, makes a great pick. So even Patrick Mahomes knows exactly how razor thin that is when you make a mistake, how razor thin that is when you make an interception and the team takes it the other way or they put their offense in a position that was short field taking it the other way. So those are the two things. To me, it's an elimination game for the Buffalo Bills. There's no doubt about that. But for Kansas City, when are you going to start eliminating the things that are still plaguing your offense and consistency and rhythm that I thought by week 13 or game 13, you would have figured that out by now that you still have not been able to fix in Kansas City? Now, and I understand, Freddie, it's a team game, right? And it's not just one player. And I, I, I understand what people say, well, God, he can't play defense either. Okay, so if you if you want to put Josh Allen in, in, in that elite category, yeah, he went down and scored, and the defense should have got to stop and stop Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're an elite player. Damn it, go down there and score again. It ended. Go go score again and end it then. Yeah, no doubt about that. By the way, Zach D in Houston, he wants to weigh in on Josh Allen at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Big Zach, my friend, what do you have? Man, Josh Allen is who Josh Allen is. They got to recognize, you know, what you have and the talent, and he ain't. He, Brett Favre, 2022, 23, 20, and 24. You live by the sword, you die by the sword. The dude is a talent. He got some weapons around him. Uh, you know what I'm saying? The line is okay at best. So, man, you you, you got some growing pains. He's been in the league four years. Man, he can get back. Man, Dak been in the league for how many more? This is best season, but he been in the league for how long? Till he finally getting to this point. And I have another thing to say, because y'all know I'm on my soapbox right now. Okay, go get it. And there are people that's going to say, well, his offensive line isn't holding up. I watched Joe Burrow in person <laughs> get sacked nine times in a playoff game and still found a way to win. So I don't want to hear nothing about no damn offensive line either. I watched Joe Burrow get sacked nine times, Freddie, in a playoff game and still found a way to win and still had the same facial expression he had in pregame warm-ups. You're not telling a lie. 
That's why I say this week is an elimination game for the Buffalo Bills, based on what you just said. And if it's going to be a game they have to win, or of course they have to win, if it's a game that they can win, then Josh Allen's going to have to find a way. Even Patrick Mahomes, they're going to win their division. Nobody is challenging them in the AFC West. They're not worried about that. But this Chiefs team, maybe just maybe for the first time, they're going to have to do something they've never done. That is have a playoff game on the road and have a chance. Maybe you go to Baltimore. Maybe you go to Miami. But wherever you go in the AFC, it is not going to be easy if you don't get that number one seed that the Chiefs are used to getting. And even Patrick Mahomes talked about that feeling inside his locker room about, man, we got to clean this up because we know how dangerous we are in January at home in the playoffs. I think everybody knows that we're all trying to go out there and be great and try to win football games. And um, I have a lot of trust in those guys. Um, and I see how hard they're working. Um, and so uh, for us, it's about kind of keeping it within the locker room. I mean, we're still sitting there on top of the AFC West, and I think we have a lot of the stuff out in front of us. We just have to go out there and uh, capitalize on it. And uh, I think uh, if we can start this week with a great week of practice and try to beat a really good football team in Buffalo Bills, uh, it's kind of like next, next week we'll be at, talking about how great we are. So it's kind of just how the NFL works. I never thought I would say this, but the winner of this game will be the quarterback that does not make that big mistake. And I thought I would never say that in a game involving Patrick Mahomes on one side and Josh Allen on the other side. Because normally, I expect both of those guys to play extremely well. But whoever can have that play that goes the other way, whoever has that play that you just missed on, to me, that's going to be the difference between who wins this game and who loses this game. If you're Kansas City, I know their defense is going to look a lot better than I saw last week. But if you're the Buffalo Bills, you've had two weeks to figure this out. So the last time you're on a football field, and you lost in overtime to Philadelphia. You don't win this game, Buffalo. You can forget about making the playoffs in 2023 in the AFC. And I'll say this about Kansas City, right? They had two guys in that game that got banged up. Drew Tranquil, a linebacker, and also Brian Cook. Um, and he's the, gone for the season, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So so that may play a part. And also those two tackles, man, for for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Woo. Mm-hmm. Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith. Yeah. Oh, they missing them guys they lost this year. Exactly. Especially when it comes to Jawan and that side. At least he's not having but, those same kind of penalties of being not lined up properly. So but, baby steps, I guess. But I would say this. Even with everything that I just mentioned, the Kansas City Chiefs still are 8-4. and four. Absolutely. With all those troubles, still those eight issues, they're still 8-4. and four And they win, they're still in the hunt when it comes to the best record in the AFC. She's one of our favorites. She is Sweet Loretta from Connecticut hitting us up on Freddie and Harry at 888-729-3776 on ESPN Radio. Miss Loretta, what you got? Hey, I just have um, – well, Harry, one one thing I, I want to say what you said about the offensive line. You didn't want to hear nobody complain about the offensive line that Joe Burrow still found a way to win. He might have found a way to win, but look how busted up and beat down he is and looking how old he is and staying hurt and may not be in the playoffs again because he's not available. So, yeah, he may have won, but his offensive line not holding it down the way they should is the reason why he continues to get these injuries, these phantom injuries, and can't seem to play. Yeah, right. Miss Loretta, Loretta, I understand that, but I'm using it for context reason because a lot of people like to make excuses for Josh Allen or why certain things can't get done, and they like to bring up the offensive line. So I was just pointing at other quarterbacks who we deem as elite who still were mm-hmm. still was able to get it done despite their offensive line not being great. Okay, Grant, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But as far as um, Josh Allen goes, I do have a question. How many quarterbacks have the ability to improvise when the play that the offensive, co- uh, offensive uh, coordinator calls 
isn't there like he thought it was going to be. They had like Peyton Manning, he was allowed to change his place. Does Josh Allen, does he have that type of autonomy that when they come out, the, when they come out the hole and they go to a line and something changes up, or does he stick with the original plan? That's a great question. I think it depends on the system. With Josh Allen, it seems that I've seen this before, Loretta, where they'll have two plays that they'll call. Yep. And when you hear him yell, kill, 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 that's automatic to say we're going to go to the second play that we've called in the huddle. I know Patrick Mahomes has autonomy of the line of scrimmage. There's no doubt about that. Joe Burrow has autonomy of the line of scrimmage with Cincinnati we, Bengals. We've seen it this season with Russell Wilson. Absolutely. As well. Finally, that yep. Sean Payton decided to relax the chains off of him a little bit and let him play. Dak I think Prescott as well. Dak Prescott, yeah, he can do those kind of things. He and Mike McCarthy are in sync. I think Josh Allen may not have as much, and especially, remember, they changed offensive coordinators. It's no longer Ken Dorsey. It's now Joe Brady in charge of things. So I don't know how much autonomy that he has Loretta at the line of scrimmage, but whatever it is, at times to me, I don't think he needs it because the plays they called him really good is just that when he has that play, that one play that just flips everything around. And time and time again, we've seen it this season. We saw it against the Denver Broncos on that Monday Night Football game. We saw it against the Eagles the last time they played on, on TV when they lost that game in overtime. As someone as talented as him, some mistakes, no one's going to be perfect. But some throws he makes, you say to yourself, hmm, Josh Allen, you should know better than that by now when he has that kind of ability. Chuck in New York, my friend, what you got to say about Josh Allen? This seems to be a hot topic right now. Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Hey, guys. Great show. Uh, love your show. Thank Absolutely you, Absolutely love it every night. Appreciate it's you. amazing. Um, so I, I completely agree with your assessment of, of Josh Allen and uh, his, you know, what, you know, the mistakes he's making and as well as Jalen Hurts. I just want to go back, though, to the Super Bowl from last, you know, last year. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, obviously, you know, Jalen Hurts fumbled that football and, you know, they ran it the other way, so that's his fault. He had a great game. But let's not forget, you know, what that, they had that Super Bowl. They dominated them in the first half, yeah. but they just could not stop them in the second half. I blame that defense, that defense coordinator, Jonathan Gannon. There's talks, there were reports out there, I'm sure you guys heard. He was already preparing already to become the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. So I'm not sure his mindset was all there, but I blame, I blame him and I blame the defense, obviously. They had that Super Bowl. And they just slip it. It just let them slip away. They gave that trophy back to the Chiefs. Now, Chuck, I, I would say this. I, I agree with a lot, a lot of what you're saying. Me too. But, but I would tell you this: in every football game, there are four to six, maybe four to seven plays that determine the outcome of a football game. Does the defense have to be better in the second half versus the Chiefs? Yes. But guess what? One of those plays were. The fumble that got ran back for a touchdown. Because I can honestly say, if the fumble happens mm-hmm. and it doesn't get ran back for a touchdown and that defense can hold to a field goal, maybe things are different. Mm-hmm. But it got ran back for a touchdown. And your your opportunities to win a football game when the opposing team gets a defensive touchdown, right. those percentages are very, very low. Yeah, there are two quarterbacks that when you make a mistake, you can't do that against when they're right. One yep. is Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. And the other is Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Those are the two quarterbacks in the National Football League that when you make a critical mistake, if you're the opposing quarterback. Well, I would say I would throw Joe Burrow in it too. All right, that's fair. We'll throw Joe I, Burrow in it. Okay, I, I'm not going to be mad at that. But he's hurt right now, so yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, no, he's, but he's no, no. Even, he's hurt, even when he's out there, we know that. if you, We saw it San Francisco. They didn't play well early, and Joe Burrow put it on him. Because, see, that's, that, that same year he got sacked nine times, Ryan Tannehill made the mistakes. Made, by throwing Joe, three picks. Joe Burrow yeah. made him pay. They're, they're, those are the three quarterbacks that 
when you don't I'm not saying outplay them because it's hard to do, but when you make that key mistake, those three guys make you pay. And you can't afford to do that, especially again on Sunday, if you're Josh Allen, when you still got that big bad wolf on the other side playing at home, known as Patrick Mahomes wearing 15 in red for Kansas City. Great stuff by Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry. Keep weighing in all the time. We love when you join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call in line at Triple H say ESPN. That is 888-729-3776. And waiting till you hear how Tyreek Hill and Miami Dolphins had his MVP case supported by a guy from a different team who's not even playing him this weekend. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hey, it's your resident Super Bowl champ, Chris Candy, coming up Thursday. Cowboys and Eagles, I'll tell you why this is a must-win, not only for the Cowboys, but more importantly for Dak. It's Unsportsmanlike, 6 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It's the Wednesday Groovathon known as Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on Sirius X and Channel 80 and always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Wait until you hear the weird way that Micah Parsons made the case for Tyreek Hill to be the MVP of the league when it comes to the Dolphins wide receiver. You're going to hear that in a couple of seconds. But speaking of that, Mike in Tennessee has something to say about that at 888-729-3776 on Tyreek Hill for MVP. Mike, state your case for the cheetah. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Mike. I guess we'll just move on from Mike to Micah when it comes to Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. Man, but Mike had the opportunity, pissed he off did. his leg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Complete, complete <laughs> liquid as far as that goes. But Micah Parsons was on the edge with a Micah Parsons podcast. He said this is why Tyreek Hill should be the MVP of the league because it has nothing to do with his quarterback throwing him the football. I am talking crazy right now, and I'm talking very crazy. I truly believe I could be Tyreek Hill's quarterback. I could throw it up to Tyreek Hill. Okay, I'm glad he was able to clarify that by saying, I'm talking crazy about right now. And he said it twice as if we didn't hear it the first time. He wanted to make sure that we were paying attention as far as that goes. But I'm trying to say I know where he's coming from. It's just odd (laughs) that he went about it that way to say, this dude is a bad mother, shut your mouth. But anybody, if you give the ball to him, Tyreek Hill makes more plays with a quarterback and not the other way around when it comes to Tua Tungvaluwa. Yeah, I, I agree, but I also don't want to diminish what it takes to be a quarterback because what Michael Parsons forgot to mention 
it's a bit difficult when you're at the quarterback position and you're on the opposite side and you have a Michael Parsons coming at you right. full speed. Right. You have a Demarcus Lawrence coming at you full speed. You have a Miles Garrett, a, a TJ Watt. Like that that's the part that gets lost in this whole thing when we talk about the quarterback position. But also we cannot diminish at all the accuracy and the ball placement and the anticipation of Tua Tagovailoa. Don't get me wrong. I think Tyreek Hill is more of an MVP candidate for the Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. than Tua. Don't get me wrong because what I seen things look like before to uh, Tyreek Hill got to the Miami Dolphins. Also, when I think about that team, the first thing that comes in my mind, Freddie. Dang, what Tyreek Hill didn't did now. Not dang in a bad way, but dang in a good way. Mm-hmm. Like, can I use that for that boy bad this week? You could almost make him that boy bad every week because Tyreek Hill. he didn't make somebody sad. <laughs> he didn't make that boy sad on the off, on the opposing sideline. Th- that could almost be a derivative of what you do each and yeah. every Thursday and get up from 8, 8, <laughs> 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern time on ESPN. You can go for that boy bad. That boy sad. That boy sad. <laughs> so did that to him? I, I understand a little bit what, what Michael Parsons is talking about, but at the same time, I can't sit up here and diminish what the quarterback position has to go through to be able to get a football to somebody because I think it's imperative that we mentioned yeah. ball placement is everything, right? So if Tua doesn't put the ball in a proper place, does Tyreek Hill have the ability to have the yards after the catch? It seems like Micah Parsons is on a crusade to make sure that guys that he believes are not getting the love they deserve, that he's on that one-man crusade to do that this year. He did I agree with him, though, man, yeah. because yeah, I hear for, Ty- yeah. for Tyreek Hill to do what he's doing uh-huh. and have an opportunity to to, to, to eclipse 2,000 yards for the first time in NFL mm-hmm. history and have yeah. 12 touchdowns right now, over mm-hmm. 1,400 yards, and not be talked about, like not even be top three in the MVP race right now, yeah, is insane asinine. to me. Well, you know why? Because everybody's been told because the quarterback is the most important position in sports. Those are the only people you should consider for MVP, and we get leftovers and scraps. They can be a part of that as well. I think we have Mike in Tennessee back. He wants to win a Tyree Kill being an MVP. Yeah, let's give him a second chance. Mike in Tennessee make the case of Tyree Kill. Agree with Micah Parsons that he should be the MVP of the league, my friend. All right, now I done, I done got on Harry's bandwagon, and I got him a poem he can use for his campaign. You ready? <laughs> I'm ready. We're ready. All right, here we go. He's the man, the machine. His name is Tyreek Hill. He's unbelievable. He's quite the thrill. You never know where he's going to be over 2,000 yards and 17 TDs. He's the greatest show on TV. Tyreek Hill is the MVP. Faster than a bullet, faster than a speeding train. He can't be covered. It's just insane. So I'll say it one more time. Put it on ESPN TV. Tyreek Hill is the MVP. I like that, Mike. Man, I like that. I'm glad, and I'm glad he week. called back, too. Me, too. I like that, Oh, Mike. man, yeah, give him the snaps. Give him the snaps. Exactly. He earned that one, man. All with great pacing. I'm, laughing, point. At, I'm laughing at Nick right now. Nicodemus. Uh, why, uh, why, why are we snapping? Why are you laughing at Nick Cardi for? Why, if why, if why anybody we, knows why about that, snapping here. What, what's the snapping for, guys? Well, I think if anybody would know that, it would be Nick Cardi. Nick. I'm sorry, I was making a cut about your Josh Allen comment so people could hear your good uh, insight. But you know what? I'll get stop. Him, Nick. It's fine, get him, Nick. Nick. I'm going to probably say it tomorrow and get up too. Either way. Nick. Well, then they can hear it then. Nice. <laughs> so there. Nick too. I Harry I one. I didn't know we were going to be sensitive on the show, Nick. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Hold, easy now. Come on now. Let's <laughs> easy now. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. We're going to be sensitive on this wonderful you're, you're Wednesday. Not sorry at all. Nick, what, what Wednesday is it, Nick? It's White Boy Wednesday. <laughs>
Not this Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> the closest we've done to that is Duran Duran on Groovathon Wednesday, Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. He, and we had to go across the pond for those white boys when it came to White Boy Wednesday. Right now, according to ESPN Bet, the regular season MVP race is fouls. Well, technically, because of this, it is kind of White Boy Wednesday. Because Brock Purdy is leading the race at plus 349 quarterback. Dak Prescott at plus 325, the Cowboys quarterback. Jalen Hurst, the Eagles quarterback, plus 350. Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs at plus 650. Lamar Jackson of the Ravens, plus 700. Tua Tungavailoa, plus 900, the Dolphins quarterback. You got to go below that, plus 1,200 for Tyree Kill, the wide receiver of the Miami Dolphins, who is further and further behind those quarterbacks, even though right now he's on a historic pace to do something that's never been done before in the NFL. That is catch passes for at least 2,000 yards in one single season. Freddie, that's just not right to me. It it really isn't. When I'm looking at Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Tua Tagovailoa, all those guys have played amazing football this year. But for Tyreek Hill to be plus 1,200 right now in the National Football League when it comes to the MVP race, when you talk about explosive plays, when you talk about someone – who can catch a one-yard pass, who can be completely be double-teamed, right. and he's still running past people. Okay. And then you look at the Washington Commanders and tell me you want to get fired without really telling me you want to get fired <laughs> by single-pressing Tyreek Hill and playing man coverage. Like, right. it's the, – the man is a big play waiting to happen. Okay. If I give you – give me a top three MVP candidates right now from one through three, who are they? For me – and I'm not looking at it through a quarterback's lens. I'm going to go Tyreek Hill. Okay. I would go – Brock Purdy. Okay. And then, honestly, my 3A and 3B would be Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts. Okay. For me, mine would be Tyreek Hill right now as well. I'm with you on that one. My number two would be Christian McCaffrey, running back of the San Francisco 49ers. That's not sliding what Brock Purdy has done or Devo Samuel has done. But he's leading the NFL in rushing. He's great out of the backfield. He gets those tough yards. He can make those big kind of plays. When he's not, If he was not part of this lineup, that would be an extra – extra amount of pressure on Brock Purdy to make those kind of throws. And like I said, not shading anybody in the San Francisco 49ers team. But anytime it seems that they have a big game offensively, Christian McCaffrey is always in the middle of that. Mm. We talk about Tyreek Hill not getting enough love for MVP, and I'm with you. He should. He keeps doing stuff like this. He, he should be further and further up that list above guys like Mahomes and Jackson and Tua Tungvaluwa and Jalen Hurts and even above Dak Prescott. Right now, he should be the leading candidate. Tyreek Hill for MVP. But that guy, Christian McCaffrey, with the 49ers, they win a championship. Purdy will get a lot of credit. Debo Samuel gets some love. But CMC, he's a BMOC for the San Francisco 49ers. You know what, Freddie? You know I admit when I'm wrong. Okay. And I was so caught up in just Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Christian McCaffrey, you're right. Should have been named in those names that I just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, he. So CMC, I apologize. You should. What I just did wasn't (laughs) right. It wasn't fair to you. That's okay. He's got enough money. He's got a gorgeous wife. I think he'll be fine. See, it ain't hurt. See, it's not hard. See, when you're married and you have kids, you, you learn to apologize. Even you if you're married, even if you're married without kids, <laughs> you, you better apologize to her. I know it's cheaper as far as that goes. <laughs> Facts. We're going to ask an FOS friend of the show, which quarterback does he trust more this Sunday when it involves the Eagles and the Cowboys? Is it Dak for Dallas or Jalen for Philadelphia? He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. This is Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance, and this is ESPN Radio. This holiday season, join in the Disney tradition, the Disney Ultimate Toy Drive. Visit Disney.com slash Toy Drive to learn how you can help bring joy to children in need this holiday season.
This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. It is the Wednesday group with not known as Freddie and Harry. He is Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on SiriusXM and Channel 80. And always, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. We love our Wednesday conversations when it comes to the NFL because nobody does it better than Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider slash analyst. Hit him on Twitter at ESPN. Lewis, we know the big game this weekend, Philadelphia Eagles on the road against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night. Which quarterback going into this game do you trust more at this moment? Is it Dak Prescott of Dallas or Jalen Hurts of Philadelphia, Lewis, and why? Yeah, it, it would it would be Dak. I, I think Dak, Freddie, is playing. He, he's taking it up a level, right? We always talk about there's levels to this, that, this, that, whatever it is we're talking about. Well, there's levels of quarterback play too, right? And Dak, as you have seen, has full command, full mastery of this offense and all of the different options that it presents to him on a given play. He can manipulate things at the line of scrimmage with the very, very best of them. He is throwing the football with tremendous confidence, tremendous accuracy, tremendous decision-making. He is taking more chances as far as breaking the pocket and running. Obviously, they are utilizing C.D. Lamb in a way that, uh, let's just say, really highlights his skill set. The tight end position has become very effective. I think You know what, you know what I think the last frontier really is for this offense or the next frontier is Tony Pollard in the passing game out of the backfield a la Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. For, remember that when they go against Philadelphia, and then think back to what the 49ers did with McCaffrey against this linebacking core of Philadelphia if you see it pop up again this weekend. Now, Lewis, I got to ask you this. To tight game, games on the line, who are you trusting more at that point? Is it going to be Dak Prescott or Jalen Hurts? Yeah, you know, I, I am still going to trust him, uh, Harry, and simply because of like the, the things that I've, that I mentioned before, look, I, I, you know, I said this to Stephen A. today. I said, look, I, I, I try not to really uh, assess players because we, we were taught, like, really to, like, kind of, like, put things behind you. And, and you can't really play looking in the rearview mirror, right? You can't right. – you yep. always have to be trying to look to improve and go on to the next play and the next play. And I think with Dak, although people will sit there and go, well, you know, he hasn't performed well in big games, so I'm not going to trust him right now. And Jalen Hurts made it all the way to the Super Bowl and basically had them in position to win it if it weren't for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But what Jalen Hurts did in the Super Bowl has nothing to do with what's going to happen this week. And whatever Dak has done in the past has nothing to do with what he's doing right now because I think there is growth that's happening with this guy and there's better people around him still. And I think he understands I've got to go ahead and continue – playing like I've been playing in these moments over the past five weeks in particular when we're putting up 40 on people out of, at an easy clip. And if I can go ahead and play like I did the last time we played Philadelphia, which was good enough to win. He played good enough to win that game. It's a game of inches. You know, it's a, it's a tight end with being like two inches, an inch away from scoring a touchdown. It's Dak stepping out of bounds at the one-yard line, at the two-yard, I mean, half-yard line. It's those kind of differences that made the difference in that game, I think he'll go. As a matter of fact, I went so far as to say this today. Dak almost threw for what? He almost threw for 400. He threw like 370 in that first game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Dak goes over 400 in this game. It's at home. I said, you know, it was one of those, you know, makes a, a bold prediction today on get up. I said 400 plus and five touchdowns. 
Well, I'm glad you that was your bold prediction, so I know what not to pick tomorrow, Lewis. Oh, wow. Good Lord. Oh, wow. <laughs> man, okay. You know what, man? You know what? See, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. You're in the most diva position there is, man. You know, it's in your nature to be bold. It's in your nature to be bold, man. <laughs> but but I, I did I did want to ask you about this because I think one of the weakest link, good weakest, weakest link, goodbye for the Philadelphia Eagles is their nickel corner, Eli Ricks. We know C.D. Lamb. Plays a lot yep. in there. And in the first matchup, they took advantage of that. If you're Philadelphia, uh-huh. how do you switch things up from that position? Because I'm pretty sure Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott, and CeeDee Lamb are trying to find ways to get him matched up with Eli Ricks. You know, I, I think, one, identification about where he's at, understanding tendencies, what he likes to do from there. Don't leave your guy. Your guy, okay, so the nickel defender, what, what, what's always important about the nickel defender is understanding leverage and where help is coming from, mm-hmm. where, who you need to push him to, and what you absolutely cannot give up. Because in there, when you're going up, up against a guy like that, look, it takes a bad, bad man of jam to be able to just line up a guy <laughs> one-on-one when he's got two-way goes on the inside like that and be able to shut him down, especially when you're talking about a guy like CD, and especially when you're inferior to him anyway from a pure athletic standpoint. So it's about what do I, what must I take away, and who I, who must I push him to, and who damn well better be there when I push him to him, to help him out. Oh, and pass rush, get to the quarterback, make it come out fast, make us, make him hold the football and go. Look, if we can take away one, if we can take away his first option, which in this case we're talking about, a guy like CD, when he goes to look at that second option. It's all it's curtains by that time because now we're past two point five seconds and the ball's got to be out or he's taking one in the chest from one of them big D linemen. Mm-hmm. That that's how you that's how you slow that whole thing down. It's it's a I mean it, it's a whole team effort and and I know we don't necessarily like that all the time. Like people sometimes don't want to hear about that. It's a team effort because everybody wants to say no nah, no nah, I want a guy who I can point the finger at. I want a guy who I can blame. <laughs> With CD, they don't have anybody good enough to shut him down one on one. So it's a team thing. Great stuff by Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider, and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. I believe Sunday is an elimination game for the Buffalo Bills when they go to Kansas City to yes, take sir. on the Chiefs. Apparently you agree with me. What can they yes, do sir. to find a way to win that game in Kansas City despite the Chiefs' offensive struggles, even though they're 8-4, and four, Lewis? You know what, Freddie, I think you, you just said it right there. Offensive struggles, Chiefs' offensive struggles. They have to continue uh, – making sure that Kansas City's offense struggles. I think the onus is on the defense for Buffalo in this game. I know Josh Allen is a lightning rod, whether it's because you want to praise him uh, undeservedly or you want to blame him undeservedly. But the offense right now, the last time we saw him against Philadelphia, they did enough to win that game. That one, that, that one interception where Josh threw it in the trap coverage, two trap coverage, and and I think it was uh, Bradbury picked him off. That's about the only thing he did wrong in that game, besides missing Gabe Davis in the overtime, that could have ended. The dude was lights out. He will do his part. And Kansas City arguably has a better defense than, than Philadelphia, so it's going to be tougher for him. But I'll tell you this. They, they will be fine offense. It's the defense I'm worried about, man. They don't close it out. They don't rush the passer and close it out like – when they originally got Von Miller, they could do. 
Like last year, like in 2022, early in the season, they were rushing the passer better than anybody. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then when Bond got hurt, things kind of started slipping and sliding. And, and look, in the Philadelphia game two weeks ago, you saw it again show up. They weren't able to get Jalen. So I think that's got to be – and then in the secondary, they got to tighten up, dude. They got to tighten up. They got to make plays down the field and make sure that this wide receiver core has Patrick looking at them sideways when they're not making plays for him. They got to keep that streak going because if he let if they let him get going, hey, you know how that can go. We're, <laughs> we're talking about maybe the best quarterback we've seen in the past 25, 30 years. Mm. He will light you on fire if you give him hope. So I think I think it's up. It's on the defense. No doubt about it, Lewis. Great stuff, my friend. We'll talk to you next week and have a great weekend. Thanks so much, my man. Of course. All right. See you guys. Great stuff by Lewis Riddick, ESPN NFL front office insider. And we're taking your calls for safe space with no judgment. Triple H, say ESPN 888-729-3776. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from three to seven Eastern on ESPN radio, the ESPN app and on Sirius XM channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.